Hello and welcome as we continue our campaign to take back America through honor and courage. I'm Albert McKegg, your host of this podcast. At various times in my life, I've been a professional soldier, a lawyer, a groundskeeper at a golf course, and a pump gas. Now I'm a senior Texas State District Judge, a published author, and a podcast host. I've experienced about three lifetimes worth of living in my over 70 years, and to many things I can truly say, been there, done that, have the scars. The seasoning and experiences I've had in life are among the reasons why I believe I'm qualified to help lead in the redemption and reclamation strengthening of America. If you're as serious as I am about undertaking this campaign to take back America from the radical left, it is important to know what it is we want to do. We need to define our mission and then set out about doing those things necessary to achieve our purposes. My mission statement for Honor and Courage is this, to remind Americans of our heritage and what it took to create the greatest nation in the world regarding global influence, power projection, our economy, and innovation. It's also to caution Americans on how fragile we are right now as a nation in each of the categories of American influence in the world, those being the global power, economic viability, and innovation. To provide insight, wisdom, and encouragement to patriotic Americans about their active involvement in all facets of American life, those being God, family, country, work, community, and social activities. As we begin today with our topic of focusing on our mission, I want to ask you a hard question. It isn't all that hard to answer, but the results of your answer may be. It is this. Do you have a mission statement for your biggest challenges and goals in life? If you don't, maybe some of what I cover in these podcasts will help. At any rate, defining our mission and then setting about doing those things necessary to achieve our purposes is true for whatever mission you have been given. There are many grand and glorious things that we can be doing in our lives, but many of those things may or may not contribute to mission or goal success. Without focus, we tend to simply grope around doing a lot of things, some of which may have nothing to do with progress or mission accomplishment. I hope this episode will be a useful tool for you in the workplace, your home life, volunteer organizations and clubs, or frankly, no matter what mission you're given, including the mission to take back America with honor and courage. The following story has withstood the perils of time and even has a bit of humor. On closer examination, though, its message is obvious and true. I first heard it while I was in the Army. When one is given a mission, the task is usually very clear, but the path to execution of it is not always easy. For example, your mission, go capture an alligator. Being intelligent, self-reliant people, before most hunters start out on the hunt, they gather all the information they can think of about their quarry. They study all about the alligator they've been ordered to capture, what it looks like, and where it can be found. The resourceful person will then order the necessary equipment, traps, and snares to capture that alligator. Thus equipped and educated, the alligator hunter directs his or her entire attention toward the hunt and capturing that alligator. Soon after the hunt begins, however, many hunters realize that the swampy jungle through which they must pass is filled with mosquitoes, spiders, and snakes. The trail to the alligator is strewn with vines and thorns. Danger lurks in every shadow and at every sound. 
The mosquitoes begin to aggravate and rile the hunter, and the vines continue to trip and slow his movements. Spider webs cover the hunter's face, nearly blinding the hunter. The thorns injure, and the snakes threaten to bite. Before long, the hunter has lost track of the mission, which is to capture the alligator, and has diverted all of his or her attention to swatting mosquitoes, clearing spider webs, killing snakes, cutting vines, and pulling thorns. At this point, many bloodied and weary hunters become frustrated and give up the assignment, returning to the safety of civilization without having accomplished the mission. A few enduring souls trudge on, refusing to give up, but so worn by their efforts and distracted by their problems that upon finding the alligator, time has allowed it to outgrow the capability of the traps and the equipment that they brought along. The hunters often have inadequate supplies or weapons for the bigger task. These few are often never seen again and are usually eaten by the alligator. Still others return from the hunt without the alligator, scratched, bedraggled, torn, but proud and brag of their exploits at swatting huge mosquitoes, killing vicious snakes, clearing extensive trails, and performing surgery to remove tenacious thorns. You know, these are generally the most pitiful of all because they have learned nothing from the experience. They don't realize they completely failed in their mission. They don't understand the cost they have expended in gaining nothing from their failure, and they continue to stumble through life, attacking insects and telling stories, and they often resent any success others may achieve. However, there are a few elite alligator hunters. Prior to starting on the hunt, they too studied about alligators, but they also studied its habitat, jungle, climate, navigation, terrain, insects, and medicine. They thought through the hunt from start to finish and prepared themselves for unknown but feasible contingencies. They prepared themselves physically and mentally for the hard task at hand. With the other adequate and essential supplies, they included weapons and ammunition. These hunters prepared themselves for the unexpected by being aware that they do not know everything. They began their hunt believing themselves to be fully prepared, yet knowing that unforeseeable obstacles would probably arise which would require a quick decision to solve the problem, to take action, or to go around the obstacle. These hunters don't rush about frenetically, but work steadily and with purpose, with a focus on the goal. They get to their alligator quickly and capture it before it has grown to perilous proportions. These hunters are easily recognized by the spark in their eyes, the quickness with which they move, the sureness of their decisions, the minor scratches on their bodies, and the accomplishments on their records. Their advice and services are sought by many respected people, not only about hunting alligators, but in all of life's endeavors, because they have proved themselves to have sound judgment wisdom, and tenacity. Because these people are rare, their exploits become legend and their performance is highly rewarded. Often enough, those who brag of killing snakes and clearing trails are jealous and critical of the successful hunter and use every opportunity to criticize. Do you know any of those latter people? Unfortunately, I do. It is so much easier to tear others down than to raise ourselves up above the rest. In life, we are given missions. Some we select ourselves and some are chosen for us. Some are full of what I call specified tasks, which are the component parts of what must be done, the individual pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, to achieve mission success. But they also include implied tasks, 
Those unwritten things that have to be done for mission success are to complete the specified task. These implied tasks may not be known at first, but come about as work progresses. Those are the unexpected obstacles that we need to plan for. Keep in mind that in life we may have more than one mission at a time too. We have missions or goals with our work, our families, our children, those social or cultural things we contribute our time and talents to because we believe them to be important. As an aside here, we have to be sure and not give ourselves too many missions or we may find ourselves unable to devote the time, energy, and resources needed to be successful with our primary missions involving God, family, and country. We need, to learn, we need to learn how to say no to the good in order to have time for the better. But knowing what our missions in life are will determine what we do with our lives, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we train ourselves and expend our efforts. But how do we define a mission or a goal anyway? You know, we need to define those very few things that are really our purpose, or calling in life. Without that kind of focus, we find ourselves just meandering through life, swatting insects and pulling thorns. To me, as I mentioned, God, family, and country are deserving of our greatest attention. There may be other things that we find important, but I think those should be in the top three. If we set missions or goals in those areas, almost all other areas will come into clear focus. But first, for, for mission success, we have to have a firm foundation in life. That foundation will be what makes up our character, our honor, and our courage to act. On reflection, I see our lives as being structured much as a diagram for a pyramid with a base for a foundation, intermediate building blocks that make up the body of the pyramid, and a capstone that is at once the peak and center of the pyramid, as it should be with our lives. That capstone should have something to do with God, family, and country. The base and building blocks reflect our daily existence and what we do day by day to attain the objectives that are set for us. At the top of life, naturally, is our true life's goals, our missions, and our purpose in life. It is the pinnacle toward which everything we do and every decision we make should be directed. The climb to this point should consist of all of the intermediate goals and aspirations necessary to get us to that one crowning point in our lives. Those intermediate goals are the specified and implied tasks necessary to achieve mission success, as well as the skills we need in order to perform. Finally, the entire pyramid of our lives should be firmly established on a foundation of base stones that define and establish what we are truly all about, that being our character. I see our life base built on such things as honor and courage, just as the title of this podcast states. It should include honesty with ourselves and with others, loyalty to friends, family, our spouse and ourselves, endurance, the ability to stick through to the end, and faith in God, the cornerstone of everything we do. Would you just imagine for a moment a life built exclusively upon such monuments of righteousness? Would there be any mission we could not complete? Would there be any alligator you could not capture? You know, when you get a chance, give yourself a few minutes and diagram a square, then divide it into nine separate squares. This will be the base of your pyramid. What will you put in each of the squares? If you were looking directly down on the base of your pyramid, 
This may be what you would hope to see, such things as honor, courage, loyalty, trustworthiness, merciful, godly, sharing, motivated, fulfilling, loving. I want you to think about what the base stones of your life foundation are really made of. Would you put self into a square or would self-fulfillment be the better choice? You know, is there room for greed? What about hate, racism, revenge, getting even for some injustice that took place in the past? You know, we don't like to see ourselves with those negative traits and we have to be careful they don't creep in on us or they will. Can you use those negative attributes as base stones to build the life you want to live? What kind of foundation would that be for your life? Would it be strong enough to support your life and your life goals as well as to protect your family and provide for your family and those who depend on you? Objective truth in its most personal and inner sense is needed in this task. And that, my friends, is really not as easy as it sounds. I believe that in order to understand our primary missions in life, we must have an objective and realistic understanding of what makes up the building blocks of our lives and have a total comprehension of the actual base stones upon which our lives are built. You know, your list could be quite extensive, and frankly, the wider or larger the base of your life, the stronger and taller the pyramid will be. You may have listed such traits as self-starting, mission-oriented, focused, reflective, compassionate, just, courageous, conservative, tolerant, well-read, considerate, family-oriented, curious, and so many other positive traits. But before you get carried away with how great your life's foundation is, take the time to sketch out two bases with just nine base stones each. The first one will reflect your true self as you are right now after your objective assessment. And the second will reflect what you want to become, the ideal, your future. Be brutally honest with both, particularly your present authentic self. Because if you're like me, all of the squares will not be filled with positive descriptions. There should be some definitely negative ones as most of us have negative attributes in our lives. Lazy, selfish, greedy, arrogant. Compare those two bases and see what kind of foundation you truly have right now and see what you should have in your life in order to accomplish the goals and missions you've set for yourself. As you reflect on these two bases, the big question to ask is this. Can I achieve my primary missions and goals in life with the foundation I now have? Is my foundation too small, too weak, incomplete? Because if you can't achieve your goals with what you currently have, you obviously have some foundation work to do. After all, you can't build a strong structure on a cracked foundation. Aside from not having a solid foundation in life, another mistake many of us make is taking a shortcut or looking for short-term solutions to a problem through moral compromise. We rationalize that we have to get it done now, whatever it is, or make it big now, whatever big is, while our energy and health last, because when we get older, we may not have the chance to get it done. We seem to think that when we get older, we will take care of those more high-minded things of life. Then, in my observation and experience, sadly enough, those who take that path never seem to be able to find the time to make that change. Their patterns are so set, their habits so built into their character that not only is change difficult, they no longer even think of making a change. It never crosses their minds because their habits of character are too well set. 
If you don't already have a grip on your true missions in life, perhaps now is the time to establish them. I follow a great American philosopher, speaker, writer, and, and entrepreneur named Mr. Jim Rohn. He's now deceased, but he has an excellent method of setting goals. I've worked through it several times over the years and suggest it to you now. It's called Goal Setting for Life. On paper or on your computer, you're going to write these things down. You may want to take a break and get ready to write it, or if you're driving, you may want to go back and listen again to this part. But here it is. First, list the four things in your life that you are most proud of having done or having accomplished. Two, list everything you want to do, want to have, every place you want to go, or anything you want to experience within the next 10 years, whether it will take one month, one year, or all 10 years to accomplish. You should have at least 40 or 50 things on your list. Make it complete. Third, go through your list, and beside each of those things that you've written down, place a 1, 3, 5, or 10 for the number of years you want it to take to attain that item. Be realistic here. Now, once that is done, see how many 1, 3, 5, and 10 items you have. You should have some balance so that you don't have everything clustered on one end of the spectrum or the other. The fourth, fourth item, now select the three or four things for each year that you most want to do or accomplish. It's important that you write a paragraph on each of those three or four items explaining why you want that to be done. And last, you have to do it. You have to do the things you've decided upon doing. Don't leave out this step. It's so vitally important to get up and get in action. I found that exercise to be very helpful in giving me focus for what I really want out of life, to set my missions and goals. I hope it will work the same for you too. And after we know what makes us the person we are through examining our foundation and then building our pyramid, we should contemplate our life's purposes, the two or three true points at which we want to focus all our energies and all our activities. And that's not to say that we won't have events or situations in our lives that don't directly follow the path to the summit. We all do and we all will, but it's easier to shift our aim a little bit than to start from nothing. For example, our heroic alligator hunter innately knew that he would have to tackle thorns and vines in the jungle to get to his quarry. While chopping thorns is not directly involved with capturing or killing alligators, it's an implied task that is certainly necessary in order to get to the alligator. On the other hand, our alligator hunter dealt with the minutia without losing sight of his primary purpose, then carried on with his mission of capturing the alligator. He did not allow his mission focus to be diverted into only cutting trails and swatting mosquitoes. Mental discipline is required to stay focused, to keep moving, to work through the irritants of life, and to continue the mission. There's a saying in the military that we, Charlie Mike, that's military slang for continuing the mission. Regardless of obstacles, regardless of difficulty, and regardless of what gets in the way. When our true missions in life are truly set and in the right priorities, we discipline ourselves to Charlie Mike, and that does indeed take discipline. The intermediate blocks of our lives for our pyramid are bonded together with the glue of discipline. It is literally the cement that holds our pyramid of life together. 
While the Giza pyramids had no mortar, our lives are not made up of such perfectly matching stones. It takes substance to hang it all together and make something of an imperfect life well-lived. A well-built life does not just happen either. It is arduously put together and held together through willpower and determination. In a word, discipline. If you're adrift in the sea of life with no destination and no goal, you really are wasting space. Now that sounds harsh, but you need a goal. We all need a goal. You don't have to aspire to the presidency of the United States or to be a senator to have goals. Your goal could simply be to have a reputation as an honest man, a considerate woman, a courteous person, a good parent. Having a goal is the coloring of life. With no goals, life will be a dull gray and abstracts of black and white. You may exist in your environment only to feed your greed, to hate another race, to ridicule, to break down, to complain, or to, or to destroy. Or sadly, you may just exist, making no impact whatsoever on anyone or anything. You merely stagger through life existing. You get up, go to work, go home, sleep, do it all again the next day. So set a goal, even if you may change it six months from now. Put your foundation in order, stack up the building blocks of life, and reach out for that goal. Hopefully, you'll find your goal is too easy, and you'll continue to set better and more purposeful goals as you go stronger and as, you, as your foundation expands. Your life will attain color and even brilliance, and then life will truly be worth living, and your service to others will truly be worth giving. Always have a goal. Always know what it is you're living for. Always take care of your foundation and always know what it will take to achieve your goal so that your life can have real purpose. Have a mission and Charlie Mike. Before you go, be sure to share these episodes with your friends and follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcast so that you won't miss my future episodes. I'll see you next time right here. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Thank you.